Teachers are important. Do you like your teachers? Yes. Show me what a good teacher is. Slant, slant, slant. She does that when everybody's um not paying attention and I'm going all crazy. You better listen to me or else you'll get spanking. <laughs> okay, mine. Guess what? Excuse me. <laughs> And if you're their teachers and you're in here, that's just, you know, just dramatization. It wasn't really like that. Which kind of asks me, what are they doing in class, these children? They look so well-behaved at home, but maybe in class they're a little bit different. Kind of reminds us of when we were growing up, wasn't it? I mean, how many of you, your teachers had to talk to you over and over again? Come on, be honest. You just had to, yeah. You were always that person that the teacher would have to say, whatever they did say to you, but you always got in trouble or you were in the principal's office or you were so beyond the principal's office that they didn't even call you and they just said, get out of my class. Some of us were in those type of situations. But today we're going to be talking about a good and righteous teacher named Jesus. We're going to learn the simple truth that Jesus teaches you. He teaches us things. I, I love the fact that in our world today, it is pretty obvious that there are a, a different mix of teaching that goes on. There are uh, teachings that happen in school, public schools. There are private schools. Uh, there are charter schools. There are uh, home schools where you're taught by your parents. There's teaching that goes on in businesses, uh, teaching that goes on uh, in our workplace, and, and uh, teaching that goes on with getting our driver's license. There are, there are a bunch of ways that we're taught. And just as we're taught in various ways, Jesus teaches in various ways. And that's what we want to look at today. Actually, we're going to look at the life of Peter. Peter was one of the disciples that walked with Jesus. And there was one incident where Peter walked on water. And I'm not sure if you remember this story, but Peter walked on water with Jesus. And there are things that Jesus taught Peter that we want to learn from in that moment. Some time ago, my grandchildren were at our house, and we have this small little pool. It's about, you know, six feet, uh, maybe about three feet deep. So it's not that big of a pool, but just enough for them to cool down. And they're playing in there. One is four years old. One is three years old. So as they're playing in there, you know, as brothers, they're going to fight. They're going to push, and they're going to do things like that. Well, the older one, Jaden, pushes his younger brother, Landon. And as he pushes him, Landon says, don't do that. I don't like that. And so they're playing, and Jaden's like, ah, and he runs away. They're playing in the pool. And then he pushes him again, and he says, don't do that. I don't like that. And then I, I set up a chair so that they can jump off. You know, it makes it more adventurous. So they jump off the chair, and Landon gets on the chair, and Jaden pushes him down. And then he falls awkwardly, and, and so I get up, and I say, Jaden, don't push him. Don't push him. Tell your brother sorry. Sorry. And then they go play. And then he gets, Jaden, uh, Landon goes back on the chair. Then Jaden pushes him down again. I said, Jaden, stop pushing your brother off the chair. Tell him sorry. Sorry. And then Jaden, Landon goes, I get mixed up with both of them. Only got two. Actually, there's three. One is Oakley. Anyway, back to the story. So now Landon goes back on the chair. And then Jaden pushes him down one more time. By this time, I'm already, I've already had it. I get up and I said, Jaden, you stop pushing your brother. That's not nice. That's not a good thing to do. 
You tell him sorry. And he says, sorry. And I says, you're, you're actually not listening, are you? You're not paying attention to what Papa is saying. So come here. And so I put him on the chair. And I said, how would you like it? And I push him. <laughs> and he falls in the pool. He gets up. Papa, what'd you do that for? I said, now do you understand? Did he push his brother after that? You would think he would. He didn't. Did I feel good pushing him down? No, not at all. It didn't feel good for me to push down my grandson. It felt horrible. I didn't like it, but that was the only way he would learn. That's the only way he would have learned. I gave him three opportunities, and he said, I'm sorry, three times. He just didn't learn. You know what is interesting? We all learn differently. Some of you, maybe your children, you only have to speak to them once. Maybe you have to give them one swat on the butt, sometimes 15 little, little swats. But you, you, you do your very best to teach in a way that someone would learn. Sometimes in business, you could tell your, your employee or, or someone who is working for you one time and they got it down. And boy, do you love that. Some you have to bring in over and over and tell them the same thing. We all learn differently. Some of us, we learn audibly. We listen, and then we can catch it. Some, we learn by taking notes, and that's why we have notes in the morning. Some of us, we have to draw a picture. Sometimes that's why I'll draw an illustration, because we learn visually. We all learn differently, and Jesus understands that. And so Jesus teaches us differently. He teaches us in a way that we can understand in the book of Matthew, chapter 14, and you can turn there, we're going to find this story of Jesus with his disciples and him teaching them. Now, if you don't have your Bibles, I'm going to read us the story. Uh, and if you don't have a Bible and you have a smartphone or a smart tablet, then touch to your Bible to Matthew, chapter 14. And I'm going to read from verse 22 through 33. And this is Jesus when he was with his disciples, and Peter had the opportunity of a lifetime. It says, immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the winds, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost or zombies. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And so Jesus said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous or, or turbulent or rowdy or strong, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. 
Now, this story is interesting that Jesus says to them when they thought it was a ghost, he said, be of good cheer. They are already afraid. But he said, be of good cheer. It is I. In other words, he was saying, don't, don't be afraid. I come to comfort you. I don't come to scare you. I don't come to bring fear. I come to comfort you. Now, this is a teaching moment for the disciples. And when Jesus says to them that I'm, I, I have come to comfort you, he's letting them know that in the darkest times of your life, and even when you fear, I can bring you comfort. As bad as this storm may seem, I'm here to comfort you. Now, we're going to look at a couple things in the way Jesus teaches us. And the first thing is this. If, if you want to take some notes, you can take out your uh, notes from your bulletin. And, and here's the first thing, that Jesus teaches through example. Like he puts us in the situation to teach us. And it can almost seem unfair. Like, wait, why do I have to go through what I go through? Well, sometimes that's the only way we learn. Maybe Jesus has been speaking to us all along, but while we go through it, now when he speaks to us, it makes sense to us. Otherwise, we wouldn't learn what he's trying to teach us. Jesus' life was an example for us to learn from. His miracles, his attitude, the way he spoke to people, the way he loved people, all of that is an example for us to learn from. That's how Jesus teaches us. Hebrews 4.15, it says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Jesus goes through the very, or he went through everything you and I will ever go through. He was tempted just like you and I, but he never sinned. He can sympathize with our weaknesses. He knows what we go through. He, he can feel what we need to learn. But he also teaches not just through his example, uh, the example of his life, but he also teaches through the example of situations. Jesus made his disciples get into the boat. It was at that moment that they stepped into the classroom of his spirit. That he made them get into the boat. And so when they got into the boat, they, are, they were already in their so-called comfort zone. Because anytime you go into the ocean, you want to be in a vessel that floats. Unless you're scuba diving or, you know, swimming. But they were in this boat. And they're very comfortable in the boat, especially when these winds kicked up. And the wind became stronger. They were so comfortable in the boat because they were safe in the boat. And so they stayed in the boat. There will come a time that you will be in your comfort zone and the winds will kick up in your life. There's going to be times where you're doing well and then all of a sudden you find yourself kind of wondering, what is happening in my life? Why am I going through what I'm going through? Why is it so windy? Why am I getting hit left and right by these things? It could possibly mean that you're still in your comfort zone. You're still in the boat. Nothing wrong with it. But the question is, what do I learn by staying in the boat? Is Jesus trying to teach me something while I'm in the boat? Or is he trying to teach me something else? See, Jesus comes to you in the chaos. And you know what this story teaches us? That even when we're fearful, we should never mistake fear for the presence of the Lord. Because it's easy to do so. That we're living a life of fear or we're living in a situation and there's a circumstance that comes up. 
and we're fearful because we don't know what's going to happen. It could be health. It could be our finances. It could be looking for a job. It could be something happens in our family. It could be any one of those things that causes fear. And then we mistake fear for the presence of the Lord. And Jesus says, don't be afraid. It's me. You have nothing to fear. In other words, I am going to come to bring you comfort. That's why I'm here. And Jesus will speak to you even when you're fearful. The reassurance that you're going to be okay, that there's nothing to fear, that you can be of good cheer even while the winds blow and the waves crash. It was Peter that Jesus said, come. Because it was Peter that said, Lord, command me to come to you. So now with the life that Peter is living after he walked on water and, and the lessons that he learned, he writes these words in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21. He says, For, for to you, for, for to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. Here's what Peter was saying, and this is what he, he learned while following Jesus, as well as while he walked on the water. Before you and I will ever walk on water, Jesus goes first. Jesus set that example. He suffered for us. He left us an example to follow in his footsteps. That whatever Jesus asks us to do, he never asks if he never went himself. In other words, when he asks us to do something, we should already see the footprints that he has left for us to follow. He's not going to ask you and I to do something that that he has not done himself. Those steps, that footprints that he leaves, or it's a track or his footsteps, it's like imitating by example of another. That's what that word means. Have you ever mimicked someone? Maybe as husband and wife, when they turn around, you did. I mimicked Heidi one time, and I got caught. She said something to me and the boys, and then she turned around and I said, I did that, but she wasn't finished speaking, and she turned around and she goes, did you just mimic me? I'm like, what, me? Why would I do that? I'm holy. I got busted. My kids were laughing because I got caught. Now, when we mimic, we do that out of sometimes a heart that tries, you know, it's more of a teasing kind of thing, but when we mimic Jesus Christ, it's actually following his example his footsteps. That's why Jesus could say in Matthew eleven twenty nine, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Take my yoke upon you. He says, learn from me. You know why we can learn from him? Because he knows exactly how we need to be taught. He knows exactly what we need to learn. He teaches us through example, through his lifestyle. The second thing Jesus teaches us with is his words. He teaches with his words. Did you know that Jesus told many stories? He told many stories with his words. He spoke words. He spoke in parables. He gave illustrations. And his, his uh, disciples would say, Jesus, why do you speak in this way? Why? You don't teach like everyone else. You, you teach in, like you tell stories. Well, we can all remember stories, can't we? That's why we give illustrations when we speak about the Word of God because that's how Jesus taught. He spoke in parables. He gave stories, the farmer, the sower, and the seed. He gave illustrations so that we could remember. He teaches with His words. John 6, 63 says that it is His Spirit 
It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. Whenever Jesus speaks of his words, life happens. It's just a part of how he teaches. He teaches with his words, and life happens. Peter said, command me to come to you. Command me to come to you. When Peter said, command me to come to you, you know what that word means? Order me. That's what it means. Order me to come to you. It's a higher authority than asking. Because Jesus could have asked his disciples. Jesus was walking on the water. Now, let's just say you were Jesus and you were walking on the water. Or you had the power to walk on water and you saw your friends in a boat. Wouldn't it be the coolest thing if you had the power to let them walk on the water too? For you to say, okay, how many of you guys in the boat want to walk on water like me? Then they all say, I don't want to walk on water. You say, come, walk on water. Jesus could have done that because that would almost seem like the thing to do. But Jesus didn't do that. He didn't ask any of them if you want to come walking on the water. Peter, Peter kind of volunteered himself and he said, Jesus, command me to walk, command me to walk on the water. Command me. In other words, Peter knew he couldn't do that on his own. Peter didn't have the faith to walk on water on his own. He didn't, he didn't say to Jesus, Jesus, um, can I do that too? He said, command me to come to you. In other words, I don't have what it takes to walk on water. Command me to come to you so that I can walk on the water. And, uh, and, and what Peter was learning was, I, I want to be just like you. I want to be just like you. I want to walk on water too. There's a higher authority when we say to the Lord, command me, command me. For some of us, we need to say, Lord, command me. You know when you know you're supposed to do something and you just, you just don't want to or maybe you have doubts, maybe you you're suspicious, or maybe you have fear. That's when we need to say to the Lord, command me. Command me to be a part of your kingdom. Command me. I, I, I want to serve, Lord, but I don't know why I don't want to or I don't have the time, whatever reason I'm giving. Sometimes we know what we're supposed to do. All we need to say is, Lord, command me to. I don't have what it takes to do what you're asking of me. I don't have what it takes to be like you. I need you to command me because when you command me, now there's a higher authority than me so-called volunteering to serve you. Command me to serve you. You're my Lord. Therefore, when you command me, I will go. And for some of us, that's the only way Jesus can teach us is if he commands us. Command me to be consistent in coming to church. Why? Because I need to learn from you. Jesus continuously taught at the temple. Every single day he taught at the temple, but every single day he met with the Father. Jesus was consistent. You want to be like Jesus? Be consistent. But some of us have to say, Lord, command me. Command me to be consistent. Command me to serve. Command me to love. Love is best shown to the people that we have a hard time loving. That's when love is really shown. Easy to love people that love you. That's what Jesus said. But he said, love your enemies. That's true love. 
That's how you know you have the love of Christ, when you can love your enemies. It's not easy to do. Therefore, Lord, command me to love others. Well, I thought love is a feeling. No, it's not a feeling. Love is an action. Therefore, command me to action. Command me to give to you. Command me to forgive. You know, Pastor Ben was talking about our tithes and offerings, and he reminded me, yeah, when I first came to church and they talked about tithes and offerings, I was suspicious. I said, I don't know about this giving. I don't know where that money goes to. I don't know what they're doing with it. Or I didn't agree with certain things. But then I had to come to a point where I said, Lord, what are you asking of me? And he says, you trust me with your finances. Not man. Trust me with your finances. See if I will not open the floodgates of heaven. In other words, Lord, command me to give. I, I don't have what it takes to give to you. I don't, I don't trust right now. So command me to give. Command me to forgive. I have a hard time with another person, Lord. Command me to forgive that other person. Command me to ask for forgiveness. And Jesus will say, come. Command me, Lord. He'll say, come. Here's where Peter's teaching moment comes. When Peter steps out of the boat and he walks toward Jesus, he saw the winds and the waves and they were strong and turbulent and it was at that moment that he reverted back to his comfort zone and he was afraid. And then, of course, he began to sink. The words of Jesus Christ, that, that simple word of invitation of saying, Peter, come. For Peter, it, it, was, it, it was enough for him to step out of his comfort zone. And in Mark chapter 4, verse 9, Jesus says, He who has ears to hear, let him hear which means to learn by hearing or to comprehend or to understand when jesus teaches in this kind of way and and when he says no this is how i'm going to teach you i'm going to teach you with my words he might just say come he might he might give you a few words and and it's in those words that we comprehend we understand and peter was sinking and it was at that moment that the words of the lord gave him the reassurance to not be afraid. And when he said to come, that invitation that Jesus had, Peter stepped out of the boat and he was willing to learn. I'm not sure if Peter felt like, well, if I step out of this boat and I start sinking, what are you going to do, Jesus? Because I don't have no scuba gear. I don't have no snorkel. I, I, if I start sinking, then I'm done. I'm going to have to swim for my life because these winds are, these winds are uh, blasting and the, the waves are huge. I don't know if he thought about that. All I know is when Jesus said what he said, the words that he said, it gave Peter the reassurance that all will be okay. And Peter teaches us, and in this moment, that we need to be willing to learn. We've got to be willing to learn by the words that Jesus speaks. Otherwise, we are going to go through the same situations over and over and not learn a thing because we're unwilling to learn. Because here's the third thing. Jesus teaches spontaneously. He will, he will teach spontaneously at that moment there are certain things that are going to come up and jesus is going to speak it right on, right there on the spot and if we're not ready for it we're done jesus doesn't only speak to us at church he speaks to us even right after church 
He speaks to us right, right when we're done with church and, and your spouse says, okay, let's go already. Oh, but I want to eat. I don't like eating. I like to go home already. The game is on. My, my team plays in about 10 minutes. We got to go home. But I wanted to eat. Well, I want to go home. I told you I wanted to go home. Well, I told you to record it. Why well, didn't know it was going to take this long? The pastor was speaking so long that he didn't know the game was on. And so now you're fighting right after church. And Jesus wants to teach you right there on the spot. He wants to teach you something. He's going to teach spontaneously. You're going, to go, you're going to go to work tomorrow or even today and, and, and something will come up. Jesus wants to teach you something on, the, on that spur of the moment. He teaches us spontaneously. And it's interesting how he does that because when things come up, even in the Bible, Jesus was ready to teach. He's always ready to teach at that, wom- at that moment. There's that woman, remember, she was caught in the very act of adultery. And then the, the leaders brought her to Jesus, and, and, she, and they said, Jesus, she was caught in the very act of adultery. And the law says that she should be stoned to death, and we need to go throw stones at her. So they all had stones in their, in their hands. And then they said, so what do you say, Jesus? What, what do you say to this woman? And watch how Jesus teaches in, Ma- in John chapter 8, verse 7. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, now here's his words, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. I mean, talk about a teaching moment. These these religious leaders had to be in that situation to learn about grace and forgiveness and pride and judging. That's the only way they would have learned this. Now, I'm not sure if they had ears to hear and that they understood But what Jesus was teaching was something that was spur of the moment. There were no planned sermons. Jesus didn't prepare a speech for them. It was a spontaneous moment because Jesus is the word. And so he can teach spontaneously on the spur of the moment. He can teach you while you're driving. He can teach you while you wake up in the morning. He can teach you at every waking moment because Jesus will teach us spontaneously. He knows what we go through and he'll teach us spontaneously. Your child does something and it's at that moment where you want to rage in anger. Jesus wants to teach something right there on the spot. You get a phone call and maybe it's not good news because of your health. Jesus wants to teach you something right there on the spot. Maybe you have a difficult time with someone with customer service. Jesus wants to teach you something right there on the spot. Someone is talking to you on the phone and they're giving you a hard time. Jesus wants to teach you something right there on the spot. He's spontaneous. He's not a Sunday teacher. He's a spontaneous teacher. That's how Jesus teaches us. He can use any situation, any situation. There's another story of of Mary and Martha. And Jesus was coming over the house. They were preparing dinner for him. and, And so they're getting everything ready. And Martha tells Jesus to tell her sister to help me because I'm doing all the work. And Mary is sitting at your feet, listening to all your words that you're speaking. And it was at that very moment that Jesus teaches Mary and Martha something that we can learn from. It's that spontaneous teaching that Jesus does so well. Luke chapter 10, verse 41, and Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. And here's the teaching moment. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. 
This is such a sibling rivalry, isn't it? It's, it's, so, it's such a, 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 a rivalry between siblings it, that it almost seems like Martha's the good person. That Martha is telling Jesus, hey, I'm the good one. I'm the one that's doing all the work. I'm preparing dinner for you. Look at how lazy my sister is. Look at how lazy she is. She's just sitting down doing nothing. So it's my moment as the sister to show you how lazy my other sister is. I'm, I'm here to tell you, Jesus, look at her. Jesus teaches Martha something, and, and Jesus says, actually, Martha, uh, Mary chose the wise part. She is sitting at my feet. You, on the other hand, Martha, are the one that's consumed about worry. And, and what Mary is doing, sitting at my feet, the, the one thing that is needed, that's not going to be taken away from her. I mean, talk about the tables being turned. Martha starting off with, look at me, look at her, look at me, look at her. Jesus says, hang on, look at you. What do you mean, look at me? Look at what I'm doing, all of these things for you. And Jesus says, but you're missing the point. And Jesus teaches spontaneously. I wonder how many of us, Jesus is trying to teach us spontaneously, and we're saying, but look at them, look at them, look at what they're doing. But look at me, Lord, look at what I'm doing for you. And Jesus says, hey, hang on. Only one thing is needed and you're missing it. And Jesus teaches something spontaneously. I'd say let's be people who say, I want ears to hear. I want to learn from you, Lord. Because Jesus can teach in any situation. He can use anything that you and I will ever go through and teach us something. The moment Peter began to sink, he cried out to Jesus to save him. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him. And Jesus said, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? It can almost seem like Jesus was actually asking him the question, why did you doubt? Like a, like a discouraging statement, but it, it more sounded like, like a thought-provoking statement. Rather than a, why did you doubt, Peter? Why did you doubt? And almost making Peter feel discouraged. It was probably more like, Peter, now, why did you doubt? What do you mean, why did I doubt? Why did I doubt? Yeah, why did, why did you doubt? What was your thought process in that, Peter? Why did you doubt? You know I was walking on the water. You know I, I have the power for you to walk on the water. Why did you doubt? Because if you can figure out why you doubted, then you're going to be able to figure out why you shouldn't doubt me. You got to figure out that, Peter. You have to go through that thought process because this is how I teach you, Peter. You're going to be in a life situation. It's going to be through an example, through a spontaneous teaching that I'm going to teach you. Why did you doubt? I don't know. Figure it out. Figure it out, Peter. Think it through. Why did you doubt? See, when Jesus teaches us something, he doesn't just want us to know for the sake of knowing. He said, you're blessed not when you know these things. You're blessed when you do them. And when Jesus teaches us something, he wants it to be in the lifeblood of how we exist. He wants it to be a part of our lives. Again, Jesus is not a, re a religion. He is a relationship. So he's so close to us, and yet sometimes we're so far from him. He wants us to learn. Jesus was telling Peter, the why is more important than the what. Jesus didn't say to Peter, Peter, you know, 
because of your faith, man, that what you did was foolish. Jesus was more concerned about the why. The why behind Peter reacted in the way that he did. He was teaching Peter about the foundations of his faith. And when you respond in a certain way, in however you respond, with whatever you respond to, ask yourself, why did I respond that way? Ask yourself more why questions than what. Rather than saying, what is happening in my life? What is happening to me? Ask yourself, why? Why am I thinking like this? Why am I feeling like this? Because it's behind the why that you're going to find out more of why you shouldn't. Because when Jesus comes to us, sometimes we mistake it for fear. But it's actually his presence. And he wants to teach us something in that very moment. When you don't trust the Lord with, even with your finances, ask him why. Ask him why. And you keep digging. You keep asking him why. When you have a hard time forgiving, ask yourself why. When you have a hard time with another person, ask yourself why. Rather than putting it on everyone else and on everything else, which we never learn from anyway, we learn from asking ourselves the why question. And when we're able to do that, now Jesus can teach us. It won't be easy. You know, when, the, when Jesus went back with Peter into the boat, when they got into the boat, those who were in the boat worshipped Jesus. They worshipped him. And it's pretty interesting that when they got into the boat, I'm wondering how many of the other disciples missed their teaching moment. I wonder how many of the disciples thought to themselves, shucks, I should have come out too. I would have loved to walk on the water. I would have loved to do that. Peter was the only one who experienced sinking. But he was also the only one who experienced walking on the water. We're all going to experience sinking. Every single disciple knows what it's like to sink. That's probably why they didn't step out of the boat in the first place. We all know what, it, what it's like to sink. But boy, would it be great for all of us to know what it's like to walk on water, that which we can sink from. See, Jesus teaches us. He shows us his example, his life as an example. He teaches us with his words, and he teaches us right at the spur of the moment. Be ready for it. He wants to teach us. And it won't be easy. It'll be like the disciples in the boat. It'll be rocky. It'll be fearful. It'll be dark. The rains will come down. But if that's the way we learn, and that's the only way we learn, then when the lesson is over, for that lesson, the winds will cease. When they got back into the boat, the winds ceased, and they worshiped the Lord. Don't miss that. When your teaching moment is done for that lesson, that lesson, that moment, the winds will cease. Because the very same person that causes us to walk on water that rescues us the moment we sink is the same person who can calm the seas. The same person. What is Jesus teaching you today? Because when you and I are ready to learn, then Jesus teaches us. And when we receive his teaching, we'll be just like the other disciples, that we will say, truly, truly you are 
the Son of God. Lord, give us ears that hear, that comprehend, that understand. Would you pray with me today? Let's bow our heads for a moment. Lord, that's our prayer today. Give us ears to hear. Give us an understanding mind, an understanding heart. We, we want to learn from you, Lord. You teach us in so many different ways, and we all learn differently. We all learn from different situations, but you set your life as an example for us to learn from. We want to be more like you. So teach us today through your life as the example and how we can be just like you. You're going to give us words, Lord, and as we walk out these doors, your words will come to us. Throughout the week, you're going to teach us. Help us to learn. Otherwise, the storm stays. Because if that's the only way we're going to learn this lesson, you love us enough to give us a little nudge. Because you might have been telling us all along the same thing over and over. But now we comprehend, we understand. You teach us spur of the moment, spontaneously. We want to be ready for that. We want to learn from you. We want to take your yoke upon us and learn from you. For you are gentle and lowly in heart. And we will find rest for our souls when you teach us. We pray this in Jesus' name. And we all said, Amen.